You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church. We're located in the Ballston neighborhood of Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us on the web at cumcballston dot o-r-g. There you can learn more about our congregation, where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Research shows that our very state of being can be transformed by music that resonates in our souls so powerfully that we can't help but join in. This is the vision of joy to the world as the reverberating phrase urges us to repeat the sounding joy of the good news of love. The prophet Isaiah offers a vision of radical love, the wolf and the lamb living together and being led by an innocent child. Let us listen first to this vision of God's love overwhelming the world as we hear a reading from the prophet Isaiah. And then let us listen to John the Baptist and hear the ways that the reverberations of love and joy in the world start with the change in our own hearts toward the reign of God's love. Prepare to hear the word of God. Isaiah, the branch from Jesse. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. A little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. Matthew, John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea 
and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The ax is ready at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the shaft with unquenchable fire. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thank be to God. God. Thank you, Tricia. So throughout the month of December, we are celebrating the 300th anniversary of the song, Joy to the World. Each week, we're taking a look at one of the verses, and today, we look at repeat the sounding joy. There are certainly many reasons why we might not be joyful in this season. We might be grieving, we might be busy, we might be anxious about what the future holds. But we recognize that joy begins with God, and it is a gift from God. Joy reverberates from God to us. And so this morning, I want to offer to you a poem written by Anne Weems, entitled, Gifts from God. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. The Lord God gave the peoples of the earth a garden, and the people said, that's very nice, God, but that's not enough. We'd like a little knowledge, please. The Lord God gave them knowledge, and the people said, now that we have knowledge, we'd like things. And the Lord God gave the people things. But they always said, that's not quite enough. So the Lord God gave them gifts unequaled. The sun, lightning and thunder, rain and flowers, animals and birds and fish, trees and stars, and the moon. God gave them a rainbow. God parted the Red Sea and gave them manna. God gave them prophets and children and each other. But still, the people said, that's not quite enough. God loved the people, and out of ultimate merciful goodness, God gave them the gift of gifts, a Christmas present never to be forgotten. God gave them love in the form of God's Son, Christ Jesus. There are some that don't open their eyes or their ears or their hearts, and they still say that's not quite enough. They wander through the stores looking for Christmas. But others open their whole being to the Lord, bending their knees to praise God, carrying Christmas with them every day. For these, the whole world is a gift. Can you imagine what it would be like 
to carry Christmas with you every day? Does it conjure up feelings of joy and gratitude? Or does it make you think of having year-round the stress that comes in this holiday season? According to the National Institutes of Health, Christmas is a time of year when people report a higher incidence of depression and anxiety. The underlying causes of this uptick includes lack of sunlight, unrealistic expectations, financial pressure, and excessive commercialization. The report also said that many people felt increased pressure to be perfect during the holiday season. So just as we might be feeling overwhelmed by the impending holiday, who shows up in our scripture today but John the Baptist? This is where we will always find him, the second Sunday of Advent. He is waist-deep in the muddy Jordan, dressed in nothing but skins and a belt, ranting like a street preacher. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He turns up every year like that relative that we all have that we just try to avoid at the party. It's tempting to try to slip past John the Baptist unnoticed, but it seems like he turns up every year because he is in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all have the same story of Christ, but it's told in such a different way that sometimes it seems like it's not the same story. We have the birth narrative in Luke and Matthew, but Luke gives us shepherds and Matthew brings the magi. Mark and John don't even bother with a Christmas nativity play. The first thing that they can all agree on is John the Baptist. In all four Gospels, there he is, standing in the same clothes with the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven draws near. Prepare the way of the Lord. Doesn't really sound like joy, but if we want to get to Jesus, who is joy, we must first pass by John. John the Baptist is significant because he is the last in a long line of prophets. He doesn't call himself one, but John is the embodiment of this whole prophetic tradition. He dressed like Elijah, He sounds like Isaiah, and he is standing in the water that marked the boundary between the wilderness and the promised land. In this way, John the Baptist provides a kind of continuity. He is the bridge with the prophetic tradition. John has come to tell the world that Jesus is the branch that grows from the root of Jesse. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. There's another reason that John the Baptist is significant. Listen to his words one more time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John may sound like the prophets of old, but there is something new and different in his message. Much of the prophetic tradition is instrumental in its approach where it talks about like an equation if we sin then god will punish us if we repent then god will forgive from isaiah to ezekiel to joel there's this ongoing theme of shape up or else 
But that is not John's message. John doesn't say, repent or the kingdom of heaven will come near. That would be in line with the prophetic tradition in which he stands. Because for a long time, the idea of God coming near meant it was a day of tribulation and judgment. The prophet Isaiah said, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger. The prophet Joel is even more descriptive. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. One might assume that the kingdom of heaven coming near was not something to be welcomed if John was using it as a threat. But that's not what he's saying. John is also not using the kingdom of heaven as a reward. He doesn't say repent and the kingdom of God will come near. That would be in line with something we may hear more often these days with the prosperity gospel. The view that God blesses people with material wealth and goods because they are good. If humans have faith in God, then God will reward us. But that doesn't sound like God. That sounds more like Santa Claus. You better watch out. You better not cry. You're naughty or nice. That will determine what you get in life. And so that's not what John is saying either. What John the Baptist is come to tell us is that what is happening in God's kingdom is that Jesus Christ is here. The kingdom of heaven has come. He's proclaiming a new reality. And we have a choice. We can choose to be part of it or not. And ready or not, here it comes. So it's time to repent. If we want to be part of this kingdom, now, we don't use this word repent as often as he did. So you might just think it's some kind of punitive thing. But if we look back to the Greek, we see that it means simply to change one's mind. Biblical scholars would describe repentance as reorienting, reordering, or recentering our lives. The writer Anne Lamont once said that most things can be fixed if we just turn them off for a while and turn them back on, including ourselves. When our lives, our values, our world is off, it needs to be reset, reordered, reoriented. And that is the essence of John the Baptist's message. We need to reorder our lives, reset our priorities, and return to God, for the kingdom of heaven is here and we don't want to miss it. We hear John say in verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. He's saying if you repent, if you turn, if you change your mind, if you reorient your life away from what kept you in the bonds of sin, if you confess and turn your will to God, then you will be different. It will affect the way that you live. He says that it's not enough just to claim Abraham as your father. A changed heart has to follow. We might say today it's not enough just to claim Christ as our Savior. While trust in Christ is a first step, it is not the last. When we turn our lives toward the kingdom, then our lives bear fruit. Fruit 
in keeping with repentance, changing from a life focused on idols of fame or money or success or consumerism to worshiping the true God, the one who has brought life abundant to us. John the Baptist is calling us to live in a way that bears fruit. He is saying that the reverberations of love and joy in this world begin with God and they flow through us when our hearts change, when our hearts orient towards the reign of God's love in our lives and in this world, then we will reverberate with the love of God. This message is good news for those who struggle in this time of year. It's good news for anyone who has tried to meet the expectations and the requirements of what you think must make a perfect Christmas. Christmas will come whether we are ready or not. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. This is not a threat. This is the balm that heals our holiday blues better than any batch of cookies or office party. This is the peace that quiets our anxiety. God is with us. So we don't need to try to avoid John the Baptist. Yes, he's in that same river saying the same thing again year after year but he has brought us a gift. He has brought his voice, resounding and reverberating with the call to look to God, that we can find loving joy in the Messiah. And God gave them love in the form of God's Son, Christ Jesus. There are some that don't open their eyes or their ears or their hearts and they still say that's not quite enough. They wander through the stores looking for Christmas, but others open their whole being to the Lord, bending their knees to praise God, carrying Christmas with them every day. For these, the world is a gift. Carrying Christmas with them every day. For these, the world is a gift. In this season, may you carry Christmas with you every day, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Amen.